Hello, and thank you for listening to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast of Vineyard Church right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. If you haven't already, you can check out our website for more information about our church or find our audio archive with all of our previous messages at www.vineyardchurch.us. You can also subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts. Now, let's hear this week's message. Hey, so we're going to jump in this morning. Our reading from the day is going to be in Isaiah 58, verses 8 through 12. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an overflowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. Then you will be known as the rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. This is the word of the Lord. All right, we're going to do a little, a little tag team action uh, up here today. Um, if you are new with us, we sent a text message out yesterday to a room full of people who meet at a school and want a church building. And um, we said we had an announcement today. And I need to apologize to that room full of people. We do not have a building. And I do understand that it is rude <laughs> to send you a we have an announcement because you're probably like, We've got a building, and we do not have a building. That, that is not our announcement today. Um, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend our sermon time uh, talking and preaching, but we do want to let you let you in uh, on our announcement, and then we're, we're going to talk it through all together. So that sounded like ominous. So mm-hmm. Chad's going Chad's to give you the news. Hey, so I'm going to tell you the news up front, and then um, I'm going to take you guys down the timeline. Um, so me and Christy decided about three weeks ago we are moving to the inner city of Atlanta. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so how that process came about. Um, maybe in February, and it happened at like a real tough time with me and Christy. As you guys know, we've had some miscarriages about three over the last year and a half. And so um, around the time in which Christy was going in to get an operation done, um, she got this call from a neurosurgeon in Atlanta who wanted her to interview for a job. Um, And in that, it was um, surprising and it happened at this weird time. So, and And then we had to leave for about two days later. I had to go do a funeral for my brother um, and so we fought all the way down like you would do about <laughs> something like that, normal marriage thing, I guess. And then on the way back, we came to clearer heads, and um, I was like, hey, I want you to proceed with this. It, it seems like something you should at least interview for. And so she did an informal interview, and then it seemed as if it wasn't going to happen. Um, so from February and March, I met with Aaron McCarter, And I was like, hey, man, we have this thing going on. I don't know what to do, and I'm going to enter into it and start praying, praying about it. And 
I just, the Lord's not saying anything about it. And as we were talking, he goes, hey, the Lord's just asking you, what do you want? That's the question. And I was like, well, I wish he would tell me what he wants. <laughs> um, so basically we get to about August and they call and they said, hey, the physician assistant's leaving. We want you to come and shadow for a day and interview. So it became kind of real at that point. Um, and she went down, she interviewed for it. And during that time and the whole month process, I was wrestling with that idea of what do I want and going through that process and praying about that process. And, and so that made it a tad bit more real. And this whole time, my wife's so smart. I knew if she went and did that and did a formal interview, she would get the job. It would just be then, what do we do on the other side of it? And so she went down and did that. I set up a meeting with a pastor in Atlanta that wasn't able to happen, unfortunately, just to talk to him some. And then um, when we were on vacation, um, they sent her an offer, wanting her to come and take that job. And so in the midst of that, I don't know, on vacation, like it was our anniversary. We had another argument that day, um, <laughs> like you do. Um, <laughs> fun fact, we had our anniversary dinner that night and I had to apologize for not being excited, but, <laughs> but also at the same time, um, the reason why I wasn't overtly excited is because I, I knew my wife is brilliant and would always get offered that job. And so then, um, I entered into this, this thing that we've been wrestling through for months, which is what do I want? What does Christy want? What does God want? The most frustrating thing is God, I think God is the most talkative person alive. You guys have heard me preach over the last three years. Let me tell you, dude didn't talk about it. Um, and we got to the point of where, um, we've mentioned this guy a lot over the past month, Seth Bussell. Um, we've given a lot of quotes from him. And so um, me and Lindsay got connected with him and he's a very smart guy. So I reached out to him like, hey man, will you do some spiritual direction with me? And so... Um, I met with him and I told him the process and he asked me this question. He goes, who is God to you right now? And I'm just like, well, I don't know. Silent? And he smiles like, like, like that's the perfect answer almost. And he goes, do you, do you want to know what happens when, when God chooses to be silent? And I was like, nothing happens, I guess. And he goes, no, your idols yell at you. Your idols yell at you. And I was like, well, thanks for that knowledge, man. And so he goes, what's yelling at you? And I go, I want certainty. And he goes, there's an idol, certainty. And then when he said that, it brought out another idol. It was, I wanted God to speak for this moment. Because if God said, go to Atlanta, I could meet with Lindsay on a Monday morning conversation in Atlanta and say, hey, God told us to go. Or I could show up in this situation and say, God for sure told us to go to Atlanta. And, and he goes, what God is saying And to then you, nobody could be mad, right? No one. You're not allowed to be mad at me. <laughs> God said it. Mic drop. Talk to him. <laughs> and, and so basically it was, no, God's asking you to take responsibility for this decision. And he looked at me and said, there's not a wrong decision here, man. He goes, the question is just, what do you want? And so then me and Christy went through, um, which we didn't have much time. Um, we had a week to pray about it and talk about it. 
And uh, some stuff in which I'll talk about in a question later, it was, um, oh, this is the time to do this if we want to do this. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys did this when you were newly married. My wife has been married three years. We always had like this running list of places we dreamed about living. My number one was always Atlanta. Uh, her, Atlanta was like top three for her. She may say number one now, but she's lying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, and Atlanta was always at the top of that list, and I think there was one point in the discernment process I looked at Lindsay, and this was before we knew the job was even co coming back. I think I looked at her and told her, and told her, for us, it's not if Atlanta, it's when. Um, and so, Lindsay, what is uh, your timeline on this, and what did that look like? Uh, before I say that, I want, I want to say this. My favorite question that I've heard so far, we were told the volunteers that are in kids ministry this morning, and Dee Doolin was like, Atlanta, do you hate traffic, or do you love traffic? Is that why you're going? And I was like, Chad would love traffic. He loves all the things nobody else loves, so... Um, yeah, so uh, our, our timelines are the same. I think it's important for us that you know that this has been like an incredibly open process between uh, the two of us and uh, for the last eight months that um, Chad's been wrestling. I knew this summer, I've been um, wrestling with God on the other side saying like, no, no, no. Like, do you hate me? Why would you move him? Like, this is so rude. Um, but uh, uh, definitely a discernment process, and, and he, like he said, he did look at me at some point in the summer and say, it's not if Atlanta, but, but when Atlanta, and so uh, there, was a, there was a Sunday uh, where I knew that Chad and Christy had to give uh, Christy's job an answer, and we were standing out in the parking lot after all of you left, and um, he was like, what's God saying to you? And I was like, honestly, he's been silent to me too. I said, the only thing I can get is that for months I've been looking at God saying, Chad and I are just getting started. Like, we're really good partners, and we do this really well together. And I, I, we, we, we just got started, and we're just getting started. And, and I felt like the Lord was saying it back to me, like, you're just getting started. You're just getting started. Um, and so that's what I told him. I was like, that's all I'm hearing is that we're just getting started, and I don't know what this means. And um, here's what I hope it means. <laughs> don't go. Uh, but the next morning, uh, we met up, and I told him, I was like, if you're going to go, don't you meet me at Vienna because I don't want to cry. So change the location, and that's how I'll know you're going to move. And then, um, then I was like, actually, no matter what you tell me tomorrow, I'm going to cry. Because if you don't move to Atlanta, you're crazy. And if you move to Atlanta, you're crazy. So I just will be sad either way. And so we met at Vienna. If you know me, I'm not a crier that day. Ooh, it was like everyone I knew was in Vienna, you know. Um, but uh, here's what I'd say is that um, it, it, I'm terrible at sitting on stools. Um, it felt it felt right. It, it, it felt like the right thing. As soon as Chad and Christy made the decision, he'll tell you this, God has affirmed them in a hundred ways. Um, and what he did is he sat with me that Monday morning and he said, we're moving to Atlanta. Will you send me? Like, can Springbrook send me to Atlanta? And that was my favorite question we've had over the last eight months because it was a super easy answer. And we met with our senior leadership team like, Sending Chad from our church to Atlanta makes more sense than anything in the world. Like he said, for three years, more, how long have you been here? Uh, three. Okay. No, you've been here longer than that. A really? little bit more than three. Okay. Um, I, 
Do you, do, do you want the exact day, we hours, and seconds? I got them for you. <laughs> we don't count COVID as a year. So essentially, Chad's been here longer than I ever dreamed. I was like, will you come for a little while till we can like, so we can get things uh, underway? And then COVID hits. And I was like, well, that didn't count as a year. So you have to stay a little while longer, uh, which he did. And um, and so uh, so I really did. I, I always assumed that that this day would come. I was sad that this day would come, and I always assumed this day would come. Um, and, and so when he asked to be sent, that was a no-brainer. So essentially what's happening, and you can talk a little more about this in a second, is Chad asked if we, our church, would send him as um, what, he, what we're calling an urban missionary to Atlanta. It is um, essentially, I wrote down the exact uh, definition of it. I can't find it. Um, that he will, oh, an urban missionary to Atlanta to plant the gospel in certain communities to watch a network of churches grow out of that. So um, every Monday, Chad's been meeting with a crew of folks uh, here in Maryville and um, some people in Knoxville that have talked about what does it look, what is church planning? Like, what does the church look like uh, today? Um, because uh, like the mega churches of before, something happened post-COVID and post-Christendom and things like that. What does it look like for the church to respond uh, to the unbelieving world today? And so uh, a lot of what Chad wants to do are answers that they've discovered over the last few years of, of a lot of what the church looks like is showing up in a community. And um, if you're familiar with Young Life, that's a terminology we use a lot. Showing up as an adult Young Life leader in a community and spending time with people and getting to know them and asking lots of questions and being on the receiving end of lots of questions uh, in order to put the gospel into good news in an entire area. And so that's his hope. And that out of that would come uh, a network of maybe traditional or non-traditional or all kinds of, of, of churches that might um, come up. So that was a no-brainer. Like, will you send me? And I really looked at him and I was like, I would send you to do anything in the world. Like, I just believe in you. I believe in who you are. I believe in your ability to hear from the Lord. And I think that you could do anything that you wanted to do. So sending was a no-brainer. And I am so excited about that that I can barely talk about it. Also, I am so sad. Like, I am so sad because we're good partners. And I love who Chad is in this room. And I love who he is in your lives. And I'm so sad about it. And I told, I was telling Rachel Webb that this was coming up. I was like, I got to talk about it with someone. And, and I was like, I'm so excited. She goes, oh, yeah, right. And I was like, no, I really am. I'm so excited. And I'm just really so sad, too. Like, this is the right thing. It's the right thing, I think, for our church. Um, I'm struggling to know how it's the right thing for me personally. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so I'm really excited. I'm really sad. So if you feel those things, you're allowed. There's room. Um, okay. Here's some questions. This is why we wanted to spend a lot of our morning talking about it. Because um, who Chad has been and what he's talked about on our stage, he's now about to, like, go put his money where his mouth is. And so I think understanding that process, if you're new with us, this is your first Sunday, you're like, well, this is weird. Is this church going to fall apart? Probably. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's not. It's not. Um, but I think hearing people's stories and it's an incredibly important part of life. It is like one of our identities as the vineyards, we believe in stories. And so unpeeling the layers of this story in chat, I think is really important. So here's my question for you. Um, why now? Like you said, eight months ago, you've been kind of discerning, uh, why now and why not in five years when I wanted you to go or 10. Sorry, I'm sitting in the moment. You need to, like, this is one of the grieving processes. Um, yeah, the reason for why now was risk. 
Um, my favorite pastor, Jordan Sang, I've talked about him a ton from the stage. He has this quote. It's probably. Do the, you have a little like uh, Christian crush on him? Uh, it goes beyond <laughs> that. <laughs> um, the amount of things, if he knew that I knew about him, he would be um, just because I listen to the sermons every week. Um, and look at his windows when he's not looking. I mean, if I can go to Hawaii sometime, we'll see. Um, he has this quote. It's not always the most appropriate quote, but he has this quote about Christians, how Christians should be running to risk like frat boys to beer. Um, that's been my life. Um, whenever something risky pops up, it's, and I'm a six on the Enneagram. If you guys know anything about that, it's fear. And I, when I see risk, it's like, I think about it, but then it's like, oh gosh, that, it feels so good. I want to go do that. Why now? Um, well, if I thought about this from five years from now, 35 years old, I'm like, I don't know how much time I have to be able to go and try something that big and succeed or fail. And so at 35, it seemed like the perfect time to go fail or succeed, to try, which we have talked a lot about around here. Um, and in that, um, it's also because Elena was that top three place for us, but also it's also a place for my wife, like cranial neurosurgery, like, like she gets to be a part of taking out tumors and be challenged. Um, and also in that, um, the one great thing about our job is me and Christy been looking at the process of adoption for kids. Um, and if you're going to adopt a kid, you need to decide to stay out of place. And so in that process, when we had a landlord here, it was going to be, no matter what place we choose, it's going to have to be the place for a long while in adopting a kid and giving them a safe environment that's not moving and picking up five years later. Um, and one of the great things that we found out when Christy went and interviewed for that job and they gave her benefits, um, there was benefits for adopting kids in her job, which to us really spoke to our heart. Um, and so why now was it was... It was one of those things in which Jesus was like, hey, man, you can do whatever you want. There's, there's, if you go, I bless it. If you stay, I would bless it. And for us, it seemed that where we're at at this stage in our lives, um, it seemed rationally at that time, like, hey, this is the right time. And also, um, I had someone that I met with one night say, do you believe everything that comes out of your mouth? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know. Yes, and I think that's the gift of ignorance. I have that. You can ask my wife. It's Ann Lindsay. She's worked with me enough now. Ignorance is, is one of my gifts. Um, and it's, yes, I do. And in that, it was, Jesus brought that up whenever we were praying about it. And I was like, gosh, I believe all these things. Um, and I want to give the vineyard as a whole, and I think the Church of Jesus as a whole, a example of that. And so, and how we've talked about multiplication, and if you've been a core group around here, we've talked a lot about blessed rhythms and reaching out to people and starting new groups. And so, um, this, this seemed like a model not only for me, but a model for us in this room. 
that, 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 that God seemed pleased for us to say yes to. I'm going to ask myself a question. Okay. Uh, what's the timeline? When, is, when, is, when does Chad move and leave? And here's our answer as far as it pertains to spring break. Chad's going to be full-time with us until the end of the year, so the rest of 2022. And then for the first quarter of 2023, he'll be part-time. He'll be uh, in town. Uh, Christy will move to Atlanta in January, end of December-ish. And um, Chad will be here on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So he'll be part-time with us uh, for the first quarter. So this is a slow move. We really want to send. Like, we want to do this really well. We want um, to phase you out really well into a new way and a new place. And then my question on that timeline is at the end of the quarter, um, you, you don't have to like, you know, commit to specifics, but will we ever see you again? Yeah. <laughs> Never. Will I ever no. see you again? <laughs> um, I think one of the things we talked about and being creative about staying connected, because that's the one thing I told Lindsay is let's have a conversation about how I'm still connected here. And one of those is, I think we talked about, I'll be back every one, six to eight weeks. To, yeah, we'll see. To preach or to, um, and there will be specifically on the nights in which we've been having our worship and prayer nights. So I'll be here for those times. Yeah. At least to the end of 2023. One of the things Chad has said a lot is, this is his family. And he's asking his family to send him. Also, his biological family lives in, um, in East Tennessee. So he'll mm -hmm. be back for that. But yeah. Um, but that this is family. Okay, will you explain a little more what you'll be doing in Atlanta? Yeah, so the idea of how we're talking about an urban missionary planning the gospel in certain communities to see a network of church arises, what that looks like is um, a very slow process. It looks like gathering maybe a group of 10 to 20 people, and which most people who want to plant churches will get that amount, and they'll be like, all right, let's launch a Sunday service. Um, let me tell you, I've done that before. That is not the goal. Um, but the goal is to take 10 to 20 people through a slow process of learning how to live in the places we live, work, learn, and play. To plant the gospel in those areas in which we're already in. And as we learn that DNA and we grow in obedience with the DBS and stuff like that, what comes out of that is as they're reaching out, they're starting their own discovery groups with people in the context. They're seeing people come to know Jesus and inviting people into that. And then when those people get used to it, all those people are then doing that in their own contexts. And so what we see is that in this small form, there's a DNA that's happening that's being passed on. And if we get to 100 people, then that network will start a Sunday worship service. But the great thing about that is that the DNA of movement it's, will still be there. So as it spreads and as it grows, then there may be a group of people 15 minutes away. And if you live in Atlanta, you don't want to drive 15 minutes to go to church. And so those people at that time will be able to start their own worship service. And they will be able to be a group of people equipping those churches and leaders to be able to do that. And as it just continues to grow. So that's kind of the vision of kind of what, of what I'll be doing day to day, but it's honestly everything I've said here. It's everything we've done in core groups. It's, it's everything that if you've seen me out in the community at CrossFit and these other areas, I'm leaning into people, talking with people, and planning the gospel where I'm at. And so that's a slow process. It's not like that fast church model. I don't, money doesn't matter like to me too much. And so like, it's not like let's hurry up and grow this thing so I can get paid. 
Um, it's nothing like that. It's just slow, continual growth watching the church arise out of communities in Atlanta. I appreciate that you kept your streak alive by mentioning CrossFit on the stage. Every time. I'll never stop. Every time. Um, okay, here's a question. Should we be really mad at Christy because she got a baller job and now she's taking our friend away? I would like to answer that one. Um, I think you would be mishearing us if you think that Chad and Christy are moving to Atlanta because Christy got a baller job and she's taking our friend away. Um, she did get an awesome job because she's a genius. <laughs> and she, if, if, if I needed someone to cut open my head, I would hope she would be in the room. Um, that is true. Uh, but uh, would you say the whole story is you're following your wife to Atlanta? Oh, not at all. I could have said no real quick. Um, um, ultimately, it was the decision of we sat down whenever we were on vacation, and we were like, we're, honestly, we're okay not to take it, and we're okay to take it. And so it was awesome being able to make a decision out of that very balanced um, state of mind. It wasn't like, oh, we have to do this. And we both were very open to staying and we both were very open to going. And so it was a very mutual process between us. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Two more questions. Yeah. Are you and I in a fight? Is that why you're leaving? Always. Um, (laughs) (laughs) everyone who knows me is like, yeah, that makes sense. This is the, um, gosh, this is the grieving question. Um, (laughs) um, You know, churches ask this question, um, and, you know, I don't always trust when churches ask this question and what they say from this question, um, because they always want to, if there is problems, they want to squish down those problems and they want everything to seem fine. But um, the hardest part in making this decision was showing up to the Monday meeting and telling uh, one of my best friends that I won't be working with her anymore and um, I won't be around all the time. Um, so, that's been, so that was one of the hardest parts of this decision. Um, and I know... It's an emotional situation. You may be like throw, throwing around best friend is an emotional thing, but I can honestly say that. Um, Lindsay is one of my best friends. Um, and that goes for Johnny, and that goes for Aaron, and that goes for Jordan. Like I am close to the people I work with. And, it's, and this is something that, oh, I'm going to grieve this so bad because it's good. Like, there's very few times you get to sit up here on the stage and go through this thing, and that's an honest answer. Because um, that's, that's rare. And people that have looked at me and been like, oh, man, that's exciting. Well, you can do a regular church job anytime. And it's like, yeah, but I can't do this one. I can't do this one all the time. And so when we talk about cost, the cost of going and the cost of staying, there, were, there was a cost stay, but the cost of going was... Here, um, honestly, here's the deal. Ever since I became a Christian, the church has always been my family. Um, my parents weren't believers, and still all quasi. My dad definitely not. And so the church, the people of the church, have always been my family. And so whenever I talk about where's home, it's always a people. It's never a place. 
Um, and the vineyard, Lindsay, Johnny, all these guys I work with every day, but you guys are my family. Um, and that's why I, whenever you hear that word staying connected, yeah, I mean it because it's, this is my family. And so are we mad at each other? I mean, I've been mad at you before, but um, no, no, not, not at all. Like this is, this is the question I'll go back and uh, sit in my room all by myself and grieve for moments because the ability to answer this question honestly and for it to be that is a rare thing. My question. Oh, yeah. Um, are you going to hire somebody else? Not after that. <laughs> are you available for the job? For the right price. <laughs> if y'all could please do that monthly giving thing, that really that would really help me a lot. Yes, we are. Um, it's funny when uh, we first talked about this. It was right before I, I was going on vacation, and I was like, Chad, can we just pretend like you didn't say this, and can I just go on vacation and not have to deal with this and, and pretend it didn't happen for a little while? So basically, I just went on uh, vacation. If you follow my Instagram stories, ate my feelings. Um, <laughs> also, Chad, Chad, it's important for you to know that Chad's gained nine pounds in his discernment process. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm in terrible shape. I'm never hungry, but I eat. <laughs> um, but... Um, I, it was hard for me to imagine being excited about something on the other side because the feelings here are very mutual. I, uh, as I've said a lot, I love working with Chad. I love his friendship. And I, um, we have worked really hard to think similarly. And, um, and I, again, I felt like we were just getting started. Um, I do think that that just getting started word is just in a new way for where we're sending Chad and the ways that we'll be connected in the future. Um, but after letting myself grieve for a while, I really have gotten really excited about what it looks for us next. I feel like we've laid a really good foundation. Um, we had to rebuild this whole thing post-COVID, right? And we have, and we're in this good rhythm and this good, um, there's good fruit and, and, and things are so good. And so I'm so excited to get to bring someone in uh, to that. And so we are um, in the process right now of assembling uh, a team of folks from here that will help at, uh, like as elders to, to, uh, um, uh, walk us through this process and figure out what that looks like. And so, yeah, well, you know, we will be hiring. If you have a cousin that is exactly like Chad and is and, and needs a job, will you please call me? That's that, that'd be great. I'm just kidding. We're not going to replace you. We are going to find something new. And and I really I it sounds like I'm because I'm saying I'm excited too many times that I'm not actually really am excited about that process. Chad's really excited about that process and and walking with the next person and. I'm getting dreamy about it. Sometimes we'll call each other and be like, have you thought about this? Or what about this person we met this one time? Or this person or whatever. So it yeah. does feel exciting. Yeah. Anything else? No. All you now. Okay. <laughs> now we're going to do the sermon. Uh, just kidding. It's, it's, it's a paragraph. Um, that, that would be so uh, crazy. Uh, you may have noticed that there's new sermon art uh, behind us because we're starting uh, a new series that we're jumping into here that I've been really excited about. Honestly, for like over a year, this has been on the sermon calendar and I've been uh, fired up about it. I have a lot of hope around it for us, but we're calling it uh, Garden City. Um, and it's essentially about gardens in the Bible and what they have to teach us about what it means to be a person. 
person, what it means to be a human. Uh, we'll talk about work and we'll talk about rest, but mostly we're going to talk about how to live out the fullness of what God made us to be and how to dream dreams that are bigger than us and bigger than this world and um, so it's for if you if you're someone who has ever uh, wondered or hoped that maybe there, there there's got to be more to life if you're bored with your life uh, the next few weeks are absolutely for you that's where we're headed um, and so it might seem weird that we took an entire sermon uh, to talk to Chad about moving to Atlanta in order to talk about this but we really did that on purpose uh, one reason was we wanted to really fully explain to the, as much as we could on the stage uh, what he was doing what Christy's doing and the role of our church in that. Um, but also, uh, the reason that this was a, an, an intro and a launching point, the reason we did it today is because Chad has spent years standing on the stage talking to us about uh, really only three things. He's preached a lot of great sermons, but all of them have really just been about three things, identity and purpose and trying. And if you think back, that's true. He talks about who we are, about why God made us, and about the risk we can take because those things are true. About, he talks about discovering more of, uh, uh, about risk and more about faith and teaching us how to live and dream beyond ourselves. If it's the thing he's taught me most uh, in all of the world. And so I can't imagine a better way to jump into a series of talks about who we are and why we exist and how to dream uh, than to uh, watch Chad do it, which is kind of a vulnerable thing to stand up on a stage and say, will you send me as this church? And if you do, will you watch me succeed and watch me fail? And will you let me talk about it with you? And and so to me, uh, spending this morning uh, talking about what it means to live out the things that we're about to talk about felt uh, incredibly important because living as a flourishing person, it is risky and it is costly. And you just watch that uh, opening up right now. Uh, John Wimber, who, who is the founder of the Vineyard Church, he has this quote where he says, in the economy of God, uh, of the kingdom of God, every new step costs us everything we've gained to date. And this is really true for Chad and Christy in so many ways. That the that the the risk the 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 risk that the kingdom of God is asking them to lean into is costing them so much of what they've gained to date. Um, and so, for you, for your question, for you to flourish, will God ask you to give up a really good thing and move to Atlanta or whatever is your traffic capital of the world? Um, maybe he might. He really might. He might be asking a, a, a giant risk like that. But maybe scarier, what God might be asking so many of us in this room is to risk where we are now. To bring order into the disorder of the places where we live and work and learn and play now. To be what Isaiah 58, our scripture today said, to be a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes now and here uh, some of you, uh, this has been a crazy uh, week for a lot of folks in, in our church. Some of you are experiencing disorder and brokenness in really, really tangible ways in your bodies or your minds or your spirits, uh, at work, in your home, your family, your relationships, marriages. And maybe even you were the one that, that caused the disorder. You feel like you were the one uh, to break them. Or maybe you're, you're seeing the fruits of things that have been long devastated. Um, and if that's you, and if we're honest, that's a lot of us in a lot of ways. Uh, all of us can point to where we have access to disorder in the world. And so if it's you, I want you to know this morning that the promises of Isaiah 58 are true today. Uh, that the Father over uh, your life is offering you access to a well-watered garden. 
That is what he's doing. He is, he is offering us access to a well-watered garden. And if you want him to, he will guide you continually. Like verse 11, he will protect you from behind like verse 9. And so as we go into a new week and we begin a new series, uh, looking at the garden for clues about what it means to be human, um, I have a question. We, we take a moment every week in our services. Uh, we call it Ceylon. It's essentially just like a holy pause where we just don't want to move on too quick. And so I'm going to give you um, a, a moment, but he, I have a, a very bossy question to ask you as we uh, launch into a, a, a new sermon series. But here's my question. Um, and Chad and I had uh, lunch on Thursday to talk about this morning, and it was for both of us. It felt like the Holy Spirit was just speaking that I think what he wants to ask us is, where do you need strength today? That's the question. Where do you need strength in your life today? Where do you need uh, water? Where do you need restoration or guidance? Where do you need strength today? And we're just going to trust the Holy Spirit to answer that for us. So I'm going to pray and bless it. And then um, we'll put the Isaiah 58 verses back on the screen. And we're just going to take a minute. And we're just going to sit and we're going to be and we're going to wrestle with that question.